And welcome back to Kid Men Talk, coming to you from Kidology.org, where our mission is to equip and encourage you in your children's ministry. This is Carl Bastian, a.k.a. The Kidologist. Today we've got a great topic. We're going to be talking about something that comes up all the time in children's ministry. It's a job that many of us have. In fact, it's a job that is never done, and so people are always looking for secrets, tips, and insights, and it is the topic of recruiting. And today, I am going to give you a game plan in your recruiting strategies. Our podcast today is sponsored by Kidology Coaching because we have got some exciting news for all of you awesome Kidmen gals out there who are in need of some coaching. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some great recruiting tips as we talk Kidmen. That's right. The topic today is recruiting. It is a topic that I love to talk about, and it is one that is often um, a hot topic. When I get asked to go speak somewhere or anytime I do a Q&A and people want to know um, answers and they want to get help with a topic that often is requested is the topic of recruiting. And just so you know, we have got an entire zone on Kidology called the Recruiting Zone. It's going to be linked in the show notes. Um, in fact, I'll make a redirect, just kidology.org slash recruiting, and I'll make that point right to the recruiting zone. So you can go there, and everything in that zone has to do with recruiting, or taking good care of your volunteers because keeping volunteers is a lot easier than getting new volunteers, which we're actually going to talk about in a little bit. But uh, check that out and uh, tons of resources in there. But you got to have a game plan. Now, I'm, I'm in Denver. And this year, except for last Sunday, which we're just not even going to talk about, um, I did a blog post about it, and I'll I'll link that in the show notes as well. Yes, the Colts um, beat the Broncos. But up until last Sunday, um, it has been awesome to be a Denver fan. In fact, all last season, other than a few games at the beginning of the season where Peyton Manning was kind of getting used to getting back into football, I mean, 11 games in a row... And then now, you think it was, yeah, it was six games in a row, a total of 17 uh, regular season wins in a row. Just a phenomenal quarterback that we have. Um, It's just been incredible. In fact, in my blog post, I talk about the fact that as a fan in a winning city, and my heart really goes out to Greg Baird and people out there that have losing teams, and I'm just picking on my buddy Greg. We have a little bit of a a rivalry going between Denver and the Chargers, but, um, and I just I had to drop his name there just to, to torture him. But, you know, it's a lot of fun being in a team, uh, excuse me, in a city with a winning team. Um, I can't take any credit for it, just as I, I get no blame when they lose. And, and it's not really Greg's fault, you know, when, the, when the, the Chargers really just aren't as good as the Broncos either. But it, it's fun. But how do you get a great team like that? Well, obviously, um, <laughs> you know, uh, John Elway has put together a great team. He he went against a lot of people's um, opinions. 
fact, he got a lot of us Christians mad when he booted Tim Tebow, right? We loved Tim Tebow. He had a great testimony. He was a great guy. And uh, and he was very loved here in Denver. And boom, he uh, you know got rid of Tim Tebow, who took us all the way to the playoffs, that, that dramatic win. Um, throw and catch there at the end of the season and a great guy um people will argue whether he's a great quarterback or not i'm not going to get into that on the podcast but john elway's made decisions to bring in good players not only a good quarterback but all kinds of other great players i don't want to talk football because if i start talking football you'll find out just how little i actually know about the sport but i enjoy watching it but my point is that you to have a winning team you got to put together a, a team made up of players. I mean, a team is made up of individual players, and they each play a part. Well, the same is true in children's ministry. If you want to have a winning team, I mean, if you want to be a, a, a championship children's ministry, you you got to have a game plan, and that game plan is going to have to involve bringing in the best people. You want to have the best people in your children's ministry. So that's what we're going to talk about. How do you get the Peyton Mannings or who is that lucky guy that the Colts have or you know or whoever else uh, you have in, in your town uh, and on your teams be it uh, football or baseball or basketball or badminton whatever it is um finger wrestling you know whatever it is um how do you get those great players the michael jordans um you know who when i was in chicago you know just i got to live through that michael jordan era how do you get those players and assemble those teams not just the superstars but everyone around them who enables them to win you know michael jordan could not have done it without um, Paxson and Pippen and and uh, all those guys that, that surrounded him as well. How do you do that? And that's what we're going to talk about. But first, I've got some exciting news about Kidology coaching. As you know, Kidology's got a one-on-one personal coaching ministry. We have had some great coaches over the years. Our coaching program was developed um, in large part by Barney Kennard, our head coach, and myself. And then we added Todd McKeever as our second coach, and uh, we've got a ton of graduates now. We've got a lot of um, Kidman leaders um, and other professionals in the program, but it's been on my heart. It's been a prayer request for many years um, that we could add uh, a woman to our coaching team because I, I have some dear friends in children's ministry who are women and I just I know that a lot of them go through um, some some re- have gone through some really hard um, things. I, I I am very aware of some of the issues that women go through in ministry, and I won't pretend as a guy to say I understand. Maybe I have to just say I empathize. Um, several of these gals, you know, have shared with me really just some of the obnoxious things that they have had to go through in ministry at the hands of men. I mean, just jerk senior pastors, um, just not understanding pastors, not being valued as as leaders because they're women, not being allowed in staff meetings, other things. I just don't even want a list and a podcast. Um, just suffice it to say, it can be really rough to be in ministry as a woman. Not to say that men don't have their struggles as well, but I, I think um, in our culture and often in the church, um, it can be unfairly difficult 
to, to serve in, in a leadership climate full of men as a woman. And, um, and often women have shared these struggles with me and I've tried to encourage them and, uh, and help them. And often there has been a gal on our CP team, which now we call our Kidman Pro team, that I have um, referred them to. And uh, this is a, a, a gal who has gone through some difficult things herself. And often uh, women have posted things in the Kidology forum where they just kind of spilled their guts. And this this lady has gone in there. Sometimes we've even deleted that post and just said, hey, let's talk about this privately. And she has ministered to them you know, just through email or, or private forum discussions. And um, so I approached Jessica Klinker. And uh, and said, I think you need to become a kidology coach. And so we we sent her to the same professional coaching training that all of our coaches and myself have been through. And um, she has um, received that um, coaching training um, in, in addition to other training that we do internally at kidology. And Jessica Klinker has become one of our kidology coaches. And in fact, she's she's gotten her first student. And so we are so excited that we have got a, a woman on our coaching team because I have just known, I've said this to Barney and Todd, I know there's gals who want coaching. They've gone to our coaching page they see Barney and Todd's picture, and and no offense to those guys, and and they've agreed with me. I've they've just said, you know what, I I want a woman coach, and I've just known that there have been women out there wanting coaching that have preferred a a female coach. They've just wanted someone that they can be open with, transparent with, honest with, and um and because their issues may be some of these issues that women face in ministry, maybe at the hands of some of these men in ministry who um, sometimes make it rough on them, they've wanted to be able to share that with a woman. And um, and as someone who can understand in a way that, that maybe us guys just, uh, as much as we sincerely want to and try to, um, just can't. And um, and so we have that now. And uh, and I am just so delighted that, that Jessica is our, our first a woman to join our coaching team. So I just want to say, even when it comes to recruiting and building a team and some of the things we're going to talk about, if you're a woman and you're in ministry, um, there is nothing better that you can do than to get a personal coach who's going to walk with you, cry with you. And I'm saying that not in a condescending way us guys would cry too, but who's going to just experience ministry with you and, um, and man, you you gotta just sign up because uh, uh, Jessica's only gonna take on a couple uh, of students while this is new to her, and as she's learning and growing in the whole coaching experience, it doesn't mean she's inexperienced in ministry. She has ton to offer, but she's new um, at coaching. And so uh, she's going to be learning and growing through this experience, but she has so much to offer. And uh, the first few that are lucky enough to have her as their coach are going to truly be blessed, but we're limiting it to a small number until she's kind of got some under her belt. And so, uh, man, I would, if I was you and if I was a gal, I would jump to have Jessica Klinker um, as my coach. So enough to said about that, but we are just so excited um, that we have now have her on our 
coaching team. So you can just go to kidology.org slash coaching and you can uh, you can see a picture of her. You can read a little bit of bio about her and you can sign up and uh, register to join the Kidology Coaching Program, which is very unique. It's very different than a lot of the other Kidman coaching programs out there because of the curriculum we offer and because of how affordable it is and many other things. But read about that on the website. I want to talk about uh, developing a recruiting game plan. You know I love acronyms. I've got an acronym for acronym. You've heard that before. A crazy riddle of nuggets that yields meaning. So just to make it easier for you, um, we're going to break down a recruiting game plan. And I've got a really cool thing to tell you about um, of a recruiting campaign that I did in, in my own ministry years ago. And if you click on the show notes, you'll actually get to see some of those things. But let's just break it down. And I'm just going to use the letters in the word game plan just to make it easier to remember and just kind of give some order and organization to uh, some of these things I want to talk about. Number one, let's talk about the first one, the letter G in game plan. And that is number one. And you know this, and it sounds super spiritual to say, um, but we often don't do it. And that is simply to go to God. We have got to start in prayer, and we've got to start by realizing this ministry is God's ministry. And if you're a regular uh, listener to the podcast, you have heard me talk about this before. In fact, I'm going to link again in the show notes to the article, Give It Back to God. And so I'm not going to talk about it as long on this podcast because I have talked about this before. But when you get stressed about the ministry, when you lose sleep over your lack of volunteers, um, you're in sin. Because you have taken the ministry away from God and you have made it your ministry. You've made the problems yours to solve and they're not yours to solve. They're God's and it's his ministry. And he's quite capable of finding workers. He's quite capable of running the ministry. You could quit tomorrow and the church would be fine. Um, we, We develop a sense of arrogance of how important we are and how crucial we are to the church. And um, and it's it's an unhealthy sense of pride. And we don't think of it as pride because we, we really have a sincere servant's heart and a servant's attitude. Um, but we develop this codependent relationship with the ministry where, man, if it wasn't for us, everything would just fall apart. And it's really not true. And the first step to being a successful recruiter is going to God letting go of the stress. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm going to link to, to the old blessed, Gus rap way back from um, the Too Blessed to Be Stressed Gus rap about all the crazy things that are going on and just realizing you're too blessed to be stressed and uh, and that God can handle it. And, um, and it's really where you have to start. You have to start almost with that uh, Jedi mindset. And I've shared stories in, old, in previous podcasts of helping my team see in me the confidence in God that if he's not staffing something, maybe it's because he doesn't want us to do it. Maybe it's because there's somebody he already has for that position, but he's still working in their heart and in their mind. And um, when we're stressed out about it, it's just because we're ahead of God. And um, and when you demonstrate that trust and confidence in God, he will always deliver. And um, and, and I don't know how else to say it, but you've got to walk it, you've got to live it, and then God will prove it to you that it's his ministry. He will not let you down. All right? Then the A is you got to assemble a team. You cannot do it alone. You need to develop a recruiting team. In fact, every time, other than my first ministry, where I tried to do everything myself and about killed myself, after that, every job that I took, every time I was interviewed by a search committee, I made sure that they understood that 
before they hired me that I was not going to be the recruiter of the children's ministry. That I, it was not going to be my job to staff every nursery worker and every class and and every you know possible position in the church because I physically could not do it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you feel like you're just stuck in the nursery. Maybe this is you. Well, I don't know why I signed up tonight. I got a feeling that something ain't right. It's been hours since I sat in a chair. And I think that I might pull out my hair. Babies to the left of me, diapers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the nursery with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the nursery with you. And I'm wondering what it is I should do. I got baby food here on my face. And there's diaper rash all over the place. Ew. Babies to the left of me, diapers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the nursery with you. <laughs> Just another classic from our friends at Creative Ministry Resources. I love their RPMs. But if you're finding yourself stuck in the nursery because on Sunday morning or Saturday night somebody called you and said they couldn't be there, then you need to form a recruiting team. In every ministry I've had, I've made sure that I had a leadership team and that's who I recruited. Recruited my nursery director, my preschool director, grade school director, wanted commander, you know, the head of every area of ministry and trained them to be recruiters. That doesn't mean I didn't help them, but we got together. In fact, we all helped each other, and and that's how we did our recruiting. And so my recruiting job was actually pretty small. It was six to eight people, and then they did not recruit for their entire ministries. I trained them to to recruit recruiting teams. And so Awana Commander, he that, that's a midweek club. If you're not familiar with Awana, just go to awana.org. It's an awesome midweek Bible club. But the Awana Commander, that's the title of the top position, he or she just recruits directors. And the directors recruit the leaders. And nursery director doesn't staff the nursery because they should be worried about bigger things. You know, theming it and cleanliness and all kinds of things. And so they recruit coordinators, you know, for each hour. And Sunday school director, you know, doesn't have to necessarily recruit all the teachers. They could recruit our coordinators. And and so everyone's recruiting recruiters. And even your teachers and in your in your lower level positions, you train them to recruit their own substitutes so that all the way down the line, everybody is building teams. In fact, even your leaders you have in place, you start training them to have apprentices and to be training their replacements, even if they're going to be on the team a long time, because what happens is those people can end up stepping into other roles, all right? So you never end up needing to worry about those Saturday night calls and those Sunday morning calls because um, they never go to you. They go to the leader next to them in the organizational chart or to the leader above them, and it never actually gets to you. And then uh, I'll link in the show notes. I gave away one of my tightly held secrets, but since I've been out of full-time children's pastor ministry for a few years, it kind of leaked out in a forum 
post a little while ago, and uh, it's, I'll have to search to find it on Kidology, but then I ended up talking about it in uh, podcast number 23. I'll link that in the, in the show notes, but I had another little secret, and I called it the ace up my sleeve. And uh, you can listen to full details of it in podcast number 23. But basically, as I came across volunteers or new people to the church who didn't want to volunteer because they were done. And I mean done for good reasons. They had been a CE director or they had run a children's ministry or they had just served a long time. I asked them, top secret, if they would be an ace up my sleeve. And what that meant was, would they help me out in an emergency situation, and I said just once a year. And I said, if you'll do this for me once a year, I will take care of you. And I had a briefcase, a top secret, I made it like a spy thing, top secret briefcase hidden in the resource room with a combination lock, full lesson in there, a planned lesson, coloring sheets, a video, uh, all planned out, everything in there, and um, that they could just open and do. And in there was a gift card, for Applebee's or Chili's or something in the neighborhood. I asked them in advance, you know, what they liked. I was all all on the application. And um, so that if I ever did, in that rare instance, everything broke down. Substitute lists, peers broke down. It went to their director. They couldn't do it. The director went to their director, couldn't do it. Went to their team leader. They couldn't do it. And everything falls apart and it comes to me. I can't teach a Sunday school class or or do think you know? I got my own teaching or other responsibilities. That's when I would call my my ace, and I had several of these, but they didn't know I had several because they they think they're it, and um, and so I call my ace and I say it's happened. I need you. Um, here's the combination to the briefcase. Here's where it's hidden, and um, and I might meet them or, or give them a little coaching on what's in there on Sunday morning, and boom, they serve. And they always say, oh, it doesn't have to be a year. I'll be more than happy to help you with this again. But I keep my word, and uh, they don't serve me again for another year. And um, some I had an agreement of, of, of twice a year. But uh, whatever my agreement with was with them, I kept it. And they take the gift card. They're appreciated. And, um, and, and I just had those aces up my sleeve. It's kind of my secret way of making sure that, that I always covered my bases. So you've got to make sure that, uh, that you go to God first, you give it his ministry, and you assemble a team so that this responsibility does not fall on you. Now, the M is you've got to make a list of your needs. You've got to take an honest assessment of your entire ministry because you can't recruit if you don't know what you're recruiting for. So sometimes, you know, you've just got to do the job, do the work of sitting down and making a list of what are the things that you need to recruit for and define them. Create job descriptions for them. In fact, I would challenge you to not just look at the glaring needs. You know, right now you don't have a third grade boys Sunday school teacher, but make a list of things you would like to have. Yeah, dream a little bit. And, uh, and and make some job descriptions for that because you know what happens? You start to have that in your mind and you end up having a conversation with someone and you find out that they actually really end up enjoying or wishing they could do that thing that, that you've already got a written job description for. And you say, you know what? I've been praying about that. Really? Yeah. And you give them this job description and it blows their mind. And um, that goes back to giving it to God and realizing it's God's ministry and, and praying and saying, God, what what do you see in this ministry? What could this ministry be? Not, oh my goodness, let me put this fire out. But but thinking bigger, thinking outside the box. And then the E in game 
part of your game plan is to examine your ministry honestly. All right. Um, why don't people serve? Okay. Why do they quit? And be willing to answer that question. In fact, be willing to ask people those questions. Or if they're you know bold enough to give you those reasons, don't be defensive. Accept those answers and change those things. In fact, um, when I was new in in one of my older ministries, um, I I I asked some people to to share with me. You know why don't they serve in children's ministry? In fact, I'm I'm searching my computer right now just to see if I if I can find a document. It's an old document. I I, I doubt I'm gonna be able to find this guy, but we actually did a brochure, and it w- it was called What If, and we collected the really harsh answers on why people don't serve in children's ministry, and then we created a brochure, and and I called it the What If brochure. And we used it for recruiting, and, and it addressed all those negative, gut-level, honest reasons that people wouldn't serve in children's ministry. And um, and we said, you know, basically, what if we address those? And we started out with some, you know, easier ones. You know, it started out, you know, what if you had a group of kids who loved and adored you and couldn't wait to see you every Sunday? You know, what what if you could impact eternity Every Sunday, you know, so we had some of those ones in there, but then we got into um, some of the, the the hard reasons. People were always late to church. They said, "Well, you know, I don't want to serve because you know I teach Sunday school and I'm I'm never on time to big church." And um, you know, I thought, you know, I never really thought about that. I, I never make it to big church, right? You never make it to big church, so you know, it just comes with kids ministry, right? I mean, wrong or right, it's it's a reality that you just live with. Well, volunteers that that makes a difference to them, and if serving in children's ministry means that they're never in big church, after a while, they're just kind of like, you know, I signed up for this so that I could, you know, help in Sunday school, but then I I end up missing the worship, and the worship is is one of the things that that I enjoy the most and so um and so we decide to address that and so we said what if you could leave the Sunday school room on time even if all the kids parents have not picked them up you could walk away because we would bring somebody in isn't that incredible I just found a document called what if Oh, it's that's not it. That's something else. All right, shouldn't be searching while I'm recording my podcast. And then another person said that you know that they, you know they just hated putting everything back in the resource room afterward. You know, and uh, and someone else said oh, they hated having to gather all the flannel graph characters and getting all the craft supplies. And so we said, what if we'll have all the props you need gathered and ready for you and in your room, so when you come in your classroom, it's all there. And he said, and what if you could just walk out of the classroom and not have to put anything away? Because one of my convictions was that not everybody has to like children. Do you realize that? I, I, I loved telling my congregation, if you can't stand being in a room with children, we have a place for you in the children's ministry. Because there's actually things you can do to make a difference in the life of children without ever seeing one of them. And, and I'm cool with that. I don't expect everyone to like kids as much as me. And so we recruited people who would 
pull all those um, resources ahead of time. They could send what they needed ahead of time, and we had an awesome resource room director, and she would pull those things and put them on a tray. They could go to the resource room, pick up their tray, take it to their room, and when they were done, they would leave, and we recruited other people who would go room to room, put all that stuff away. So they wouldn't be late to church. And then we said, what if you get the summers off, even if we haven't found a replacement? Because what we learned was that even though we claim to give the summers off, a lot of people, if they we didn't find a replacement, they kind of got stuck in there all summer and they never really got their summer break. And that goes back to giving the ministry back to God. You, you give them the summer off, even if they don't have a worker. It's not their fault if we haven't found somebody. What We need to keep our commitment. And so when we said, what if you'll get the summer off, this is a nine-month commitment, whether or not we find a replacement, that's not your responsibility. Your commitment is for the nine months, and you're done. Well, what happened was recruiting changed because people began to sign up because we started to take away all their excuses. What if you got Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and list the holidays that they'll get off spring break. We will find your replacement for you. So examine your ministry honestly. Why don't people serve? Why do they quit? And address those issues proactively as opposed to reactively. All right. So go to God, assemble a team, make a list of your needs, examine your ministry honestly, and address those issues. All right, let's get into the next four on plan. Now, there are tons of things in the Calgary Recruiting Zone. I mean, there's an article on 50 ideas for recruiting. All right, there's tons of other ones. In fact, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to tell you where you can get an awesome free ebook loaded with 20 ideas and things that you need to do. So keep listening. But I'm going to give you just four more of your game plan. The P is prepare them. Too often, people get recruited, they get stuck into a job, and they feel ill-equipped for the job. It's discouraging. It's demoralizing. They need to be prepared. You need to give them a job description, all right? You need to train them. There needs to be an orientation. It might be as simple as letting them just attend and not have any responsibility for a couple weeks so they can just kind of watch, all right? It may be creating some simple online videos on YouTube that you let them watch, all right. It may be um, just taking them out to lunch or along with another volunteer and letting them ask questions and talk to them. It doesn't have to be a big, formal, complicated teacher training. If the word teacher training just sends shivers down your spine and you think nobody goes to those. You know, the secret I learned for when to hold teacher training is during the actual hour of the recruit of when they're going to serve because people can't say they can't come. You try and do Saturday morning and Friday night and all these other times and nobody comes. Well, if it's for a midweek club, you hold the training during the night of club and you do something special for the kids. Same thing with Sunday school or whenever else. Hold the training during the time they're going to serve and you know they can come because it's the time they're going to serve. And so you, you hold it then. But give them training. Give them a clear job description. Give them some orientation. Let them get their feet wet before you shove them off the the diving board into the deep end, all right? So prepare them. The L, this is very important. Love on your volunteers, okay? I said we'd talk about this later. Here it is. It's easier to keep volunteers than it is to replace them. If you're losing volunteers all all the time, eventually you're going to run out of people in the church, and that's when you have to start stalking the new members class, all right? 
if you're stuck in the new members class because everyone else in the church has been there, done that, and hates the kids' ministry, there's a problem there, okay? So love on your volunteers. Make up silly, goofy, crazy ways to love your volunteers. You know, going around on a hot day with slushies for everyone, all right? Bringing around candy bars with silly little messages on them, all right? We've got some of those in the Kidology store, all right? The, the silly little messages like, you're worth a, a hundred grand with a hundred grand bar attached, all right? Um, people might snicker when, when you get creative, but it makes our day or whatever. There's, there's tons of those funny things, all right? You know, just um, finding ways to encourage them with, I caught you being good notes, um, with emails and calls, um, you know, just making ribbons that you that you pin on them. Um, in one ministry, I bought two big trophies and I had a Wonder Worker of the Week and a Super Class of the Week. And uh, every week I awarded the Wonder Worker trophy to one of my volunteers and, it, and it, they got to display it in their class for a week and the next week it got awarded to somebody else. But find ways to love on your volunteers. I mean, you just got to keep them encouraged and make them feel excited and, and that just transitions perfectly into the next one. Address the atmosphere. You want to make kids ministry the place to serve. All right. You've got to make it fun. I mean, you know, one year I should find the picture and try and post it in the form notes. One year I bought baseball jerseys for all of my leaders and and I got them hats and then our theme was like be on the team or be on the team or something like that. I forget the exact phrase. Um, but everyone was jealous of these really cool blue baseball jerseys. I mean, I had, I had to drop like 45 bucks a jersey, um, but it was worth it. And, you know, I, some of them still have them years later and, um, and love them. If I'm at a CPC conference, you know, I buy a, some sweatshirts for all my volunteers and take them home and uh, give them to them. Um, you want to make the kids' ministry look like it's it's where the cool people are. It's where the, the loved volunteers are. In fact, one of the things I'll, I put in the show notes is a really fun recruiting campaign we did. I, I paid a good friend of mine, Todd Hampson. He, he's the guy that illustrated uh, the Order of the Ancient. He's done the illustrations for the Kids' Church Cookbook and the Kidology Handbook. Just a, a really creative guy. In fact, um, the um, Christmas Clue Hunt and the Easter Clue Hunt, uh, Christmas one's coming out soon. Um, he did the artwork on those. He's just a phenomenal creative guy. So I went to him and I said, we're, we're going to do a campaign, a recruiting campaign. Um, and you, you got to go to the show notes to see it. But the first thing we did, we got this cool logo and all it said was the letter K, the number four and the letter K. It says K for K, but there's, um, like roller skates and a beanie hat and, uh, Groucho Marx glasses on it. It just looks fun. And um, we just started sticking posters up around the church that said K for K. No explanation. All right. And uh, and I had a shirt made. In fact, there's a link in the show notes to a cafe press store. Don't buy anything on there. I forgot my login. I have no idea. You know, I guess you can buy the stuff. But I don't even know if I'll get paid or where the orders will go because I, I think it's still my old church's email or something. But anyway, um, but if you go to that store, I mean, there's mugs and there's bags and there's shirts and there's 
baby outfits and there's all this cool stuff. There's even a picture of Luke as an infant um, wearing one of the shirts uh, in the show notes. And um, But we just put this K4K everywhere. And everyone's like, what is this K4K? We didn't even say it was a kid's ministry thing. Eh, people knew because you know, Carl's up to crazy stuff. Um, they go, what is that? And we'd say, well, I don't know, or you'll find out. And then after um, about two weeks of the K4K logo, then we brought out the the next logo, which was the same logo, but above it it said, I'm... And below it said, are you, with a question mark. I'm K for K, are you? And then we let people wonder what that was for a week. And then finally we came our recruiting Sunday. And that's when every volunteer had a button on. All the leaders had shirts on. I bought them the shirts. I gave them a budget of what I would buy them. If they wanted to buy extra stuff, they could. And a lot of them bought bags and mugs and, and extra shirts. And every, And then we had posters up everywhere and I mean they were in the bathroom stalls I mean it, we went bonkers with this and it was basically um I'm crazy for kids are you and our message was like we're crazy for kids we love kids and if you're crazy for kids if you love kids you need to be a part of the kids ministry and in searching for the logo and finding all this on my web, um, in my computer because it's it's been a while I actually found the K4K results document, and it's this long document loaded with names of uh, who um, signed up to serve where. In fact, I found the bulletin inserts. I found uh, a bunch of other documents, and I'm going to load those up in the forum um, discussion, not the the show notes. So if you drop into the forum discussion, um, I'm just going to give you the PDF and the and the Word doc and um, and the logos and stuff. And if you want to use this in your church. Um, I'm totally cool with that. Nowhere on it, anywhere, does it say um, the name of my church. It's just this crazy um, for kids. Um, I'm K for K. Are you logo stuff? And you could do it. And uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I already did my forgotten password thing. And and since I don't have access to email, I had to write to customer support. But if I can get this Cafe Press store thing working, um, you're welcome to even you know buy. A, the clothes and all that and go gangbusters and, and use it. And it was awesome. And it really worked. All right. But the point was addressing the atmosphere. It made the kids ministry look fun. All right. And the last one, you know, that I just wanted to mention was noticing needs and meeting them. And this goes back to retaining your volunteers, looking at what your volunteers need. You know, if they need, if they need a, a new whiteboard, you know, they need markers, if they need paper, if they need curriculum, when you're observant, when you walk around and you're communicating and you're seeing, because what they need, I was going to, I'd start interrupting myself. Volunteers don't ask for stuff. They just don't. They don't want to bother you. They, they think you're too busy. And, and while you feel like you exist to serve your volunteers, um, and you might even say that to them, they, they don't believe it. They, they, out of love and respect for you, um, they just don't want to bother you. They they see themselves as just this volunteer, and um, they just really um, don't want to bother you. And um, as much as you try to tell them, tell me what you need, they won't ask. And so you've got to notice their needs, or you've got to constantly ask, is there something I can get you that would make your job better, that you think the kids would enjoy? If you've got a budget um, that you can spend, um, and you got to let them know, um, that, that you, you want to equip it. If you don't have a budget, then it's sometimes it's not material things. Um, but it's just, you know, better flow or it's, you know, maybe they're folding up chairs every week and you're saying, you know what, can I, 
can I see to it that these chairs and tables are set up before you get here so you're not having to do that every week? Man, that just means means huge to them. You, they're never going to tell you they quit because they got tired of setting up all these eight-foot tables or dragging them from another room and setting up all the chairs and putting them all back. They're not going to tell you that because that sounds so petty and it makes them sound like they're not a very spiritual person. Um, but, you know, they end up, you know, hurting their finger or hurting their back or, or working up a sweat and then they're going to big church. So they're not going to tell you that's why they quit. All right. But when you see that they have to do that, and that's not really what they signed up for. You've got custodial staff or you've got other people that you could ask to do that. They go, wow, they, they noticed that I needed that. And it makes a huge difference. All right. So I want to tell you now about how you can get a huge recruiting book. All right. All you got to do is go to this great blog. All right. It's linked in the show notes because I spelled it wrong like three times. Um, but it's a great blog. It's wellequippedvolunteer.com. All right. Not the well, just wellequippedvolunteer.com. If you go to wellequippedvolunteer.com and, and you sign up for um, their newsletter, all right, this, this gal named Janelle, her passion is to help small churches equip their children's ministry volunteers. That's like, Mostly all she writes and blogs about, all right? But she, she's she got posts on here about how to be a better um, storyteller and um, how to do um, safety procedures, um, you know, better. But if you sign up for her newsletter, um, she will email you a, a book. And um, it is a, it's an e-book or it's a PDF, so it's, it's downloadable. But this thing is fantastic. I mean, it's 77 pages long. It's well illustrated, and it's 20 tips for recruiting, for making recruiting easier. And um, it is awesome, all right? I mean, it's about preparing a volunteer package, how to do it personally, constantly. I mean, it's a job you're never done. How to do it specifically, how to look to all ages for volunteers. It talks about offering training and appreciation, building relationships with your volunteers, changing your mindset and cultivating a team atmosphere. Some of the things I talked about today. It talks about using parents and junior helpers, rewarding people for volunteering, um, giving them a specific time commitment, and uh, just just tons of ideas in here. I mean, like I said, it's an illustrated book. Um, she's got links to resources even with within the PDF, um, great charts and bonus tips and and pictures and uh, it's just incredibly well done. When I, when I downloaded this, I was like, oh wow, I wish I'd had this 15 years ago. And um, it's just it's super. Um, but I, I I can't just give it to you because um, you know I, I don't have you know it's not mine to give away. So what you need to do is you need to go to um, wellequippedvolunteer.com and you'll see right on the side she has free ebook 20 ways to make recruiting easier I have no idea, I didn't even tell her I was doing this, so I have no idea how long she'll have this offer available, so um, you better jump over there really quick and download that book and then go to the Kenology Recruiting Zone tons of ideas in there, but you gotta have a game plan, and uh, as you make your game plan, recruiting will get easier but don't be stressed about it all right have fun go to god assemble a team make a list of your needs examine your ministry address the things that you identify prepare your volunteers love on them 
address the atmosphere, notice needs, and you will find that recruiting will get easier and easier and it'll become a lot of fun. The last thing I'm going to mention is an article also linked in the show notes and it is one I did that's gotten the highest number of you know those likes you get on Facebook of any other thing I've ever written. And it was an article I did called, You Don't Have a Recruiting Problem, You Have a Relationship Problem. And uh, I highly recommend that you read it. Um, and it's a post that really just talks about um, why people volunteer. And uh, they don't volunteer because of their passion for kids' ministry. They're not like you. People volunteer at church because they want, they want friendships, um, because they want to get more connected. And if you meet that need, if you form relationships with your volunteers, if you have barbecues, you take them out to lunch, you greet them, you learn their names, their spouse names, their kids' names, if you become friends with your volunteers, and I don't mean you do it in a manipulative, um, gimmicky way because you, because you want to keep them, but you do it sincerely. Out of, because you care about them and you you love them and you want to minister to them, you will have no problem getting volunteers. In fact, your volunteers will become recruiters for you without you even asking them. Um, it, it, it's powerful and it's effective. Um, you start building relationships with people and your, your ministry will grow. So read that article. I think it, it will be transforming for you. Many people who have read that. It has just changed their whole mindset and in, increased the effectiveness of their recruiting. So definitely check that out. Well, thanks again for listening to Kid Men Talk. And remember, you can shape the show. You can email me questions or topics to carl at kidmentalk.com. If you're a Twitterer, you can reach me at kidmentalk or at kidologist. Either one is fine. And of course, as always, interact in the forum discussion that's linked at the bottom of the show notes. And don't miss those show notes. Just like this show, all the shows, they are packed with links, with downloads, and with tons of information. Well, I look forward to talking Kidmen again with you here on Kidology.org, where our mission is to equip and encourage those in children's ministry. Until next time, this is Carl.